Hello and welcome back to the Men You're Not Alone podcast. This is episode 63. It's a solo episode. And this one uh, is about, it's just a gentle reminder to anybody with a leadership bent or in a leadership position, especially for men. And it's kind of ironic. I've had this one on the tip of my tongue to, to, to do this for several weeks now. And I, I've just been buried in my workload. And so my my podcast creativity has waned a little bit lately. And the subject of this one is uh, setting the expectation as a leader or in a leadership position that that you don't have problems and that all you do is help people with problems. So that that kind of mindset that you will run into, and I know that you're aware of it already, but this episode is to be just a little reminder to not let it get used against you and destroy yourself because of your own level of tenacity. I touched on this in my book, but I don't believe I've touched on this yet in an episode. Several years ago, I had gone over uh, another friend of mine who has carried a leadership mantle for a long time. I had gone over it and he'd asked me if I wanted to come over for breakfast with him and his wife, which I've done a couple of times. And they make killer breakfasts with fresh eggs and stuff like that. And Honestly, I don't care if somebody wants to boil a pair of socks and put it on a plate in front of me. I didn't have to make it, and that's great. Uh, Pass the hot sauce. But as we were sitting there eating breakfast, his wife made a pretty uh, – we were both uh, – the husband and I were sitting there at the table, and we were talking about how drained we were. And I made an obs- – I just just made a comment that, you know, I, about a social experiment I had done a couple of times just to see – how things would pan out, which I'll touch on here in a minute. But, um, and you know, and I said, it's, it's amazing that how many people are in our world and the same with the gentleman who was sitting at the table, I was sitting at his table, same way with him too. He touches a lot of lives and he's heavily involved in a lot of lives. I said, it's kind of funny. Like you ever feel like when you're going through your own storms or you're just completely drained, like who would ever know it? And his, and he agreed and because we were both very drained at the time. And his wife commented, she said, uh, you know, she said, but here's the way people think. She said, here's the way, you know, the average people like me think is that leaders don't have problems. Leaders help other people with their problems. Most people don't look at leaders as needing an ear to listen to them or maybe uh, an ear to allow them to to think out loud, maybe think around some ideas, think about some obstacles, something like that, and and sort of be heard just to get it out and not necessarily to help them but with their solution, but just to give them an audience so that they can think out loud like leaders tend to do to afford all the people around them, sort of the nature of being in a leadership position. So the social experiments that I did, I did a – I did the first one back when I was kind of in the the thick of running the men's group at our at our church and it was a it was a pretty strong locomotive going and there were a lot of guys and just as there are now there's a lot of guys in my life and I try to help every man that I can who comes to me with some kind of a burden or something just to help them sort of uh, get it out help them stand back up in any way that I can and to assure them that they're not alone and that the storm's not going to kill them. It's not going to undo them. 
But in the heart of the men's group, this has probably been close to three years ago now. I, I wanted to try a social experiment because I'm, I was always, and I still do, I call and check on a lot of guys that are going through storms. And it, it, it takes a lot of work to follow up with a bunch of different men. I, I need to remember the details of their stories. I need to check and see how they're doing. You know, how, has this progressed? Have you come up with a solution for this? Has there been resolution on this issue? Are you moving in that direction? Just those sort of general questions, just to kind of keep a temperature of where they're at in their life. So I wanted to try an experiment. And so I decided that for one month, I would not call anybody. I'm just going to drop off the face of the earth and see if anybody called me to see how I was doing because of a protracted silent period. And I thought, well, surely somebody will, will call because I talk to so many guys all the time that surely out of these hundreds of guys, there'll be somebody that will wonder if perhaps I collapsed on the floor of the house, maybe I had a heart attack, maybe I'm in the hospital, maybe I bought a cigar boat down in Belize and now I just cruise back and forth in the, in the water with it, or I bought a coffee plantation in Honduras, who knows? So about two weeks into my social experiment, nobody had called. Nobody called to see, and I intentionally stayed away from everything. I didn't go to church. It really was a genuine social experiment because I'm just that I am a nerd. So I want to do it like I want to do it up well. I try to do everything I do to the best of my ability. So I didn't go to church during that time. I just disappeared. And so I figured after a couple of weeks of not being at church, maybe somebody would notice. Maybe somebody would call and say, hey, dude, just checking on you. Like, we, I haven't seen you. You know, are you OK? After two weeks, nothing. After three weeks, nothing. And I made it all the way to the end of the, uh, that month. And not a single person had called to check on me, except for uh, one friend that I have. And if he doesn't hear from me in a few days, he's going to call and, and make sure that everything's cool. But the ironic thing is he's not even local. He's way out of state. From He's quite a distance from me. Um, it was just to see a social experiment, you know, is sort of to understand the nature of of helping with leadership things or tending to have a leadership bent in things when somebody throws something out. I don't mind stepping up to help lead it. I notice like my phone rings all the time. A fool, only a fool could notice that people call me when they need something. And it, it's that way in my job. It's that way in my personal life. When somebody needs something, they call me. I know a lot of people. I know how to put the wheels on a lot of things. And I'm also, I try to be a good listener. So, and, and guys know that I've bounced, I've heard a lot of things from men. So I've heard about a, a diverse array of things that men have struggled with that maybe I personally have not struggled with or situations I've not dealt with or gone through. But I do have like a, a decent sized pool of a sample size of people who I have been able to watch their experience, see how things shaped up, what they did, what that resulted in, sort of a cause and reaction sort of thing. Other than a couple of people calling me because they needed something, you know, I mean, or people just called to, to need something. Not one person in one month, except for my one friend, asked if I was okay. And it was it was just really weird that, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this nicely. It's sort of a picture of our self-absorption as a culture, at least here in the United States, and I suspect perhaps elsewhere as well. I did the same social experiment uh, about a year or two later, 
because I was just curious. Like, is it still the same? This is another chance to take a sample. Uh, same thing happened. I dropped out for a month, uh, just sort of disappeared off the radar. And only my one friend that would check up on me, he's the only one that called because he just called to see if I was okay. Not because he wanted anything, not because he needed anything. But the only other phone calls I got were people that needed something. And not one of them asked why I wasn't present in the things I was normally associated with, why I was having a protracted absence from them. Nobody asked, hey, dude, have you gotten sick? Is there anything we can help with? You know, are you struggling with something? And it really was an eye-opener for me. And that's where the conversation began at the breakfast table over at my friend's house with his wife. And I think his wife's observation, it was very astute. And I think it was it helped both of us to put into perspective that uh, something that maybe we hadn't considered at, at length in our 10 years of being in leadership positions and things like that is that as men, we have a lot of tenacity. And if we are in a leadership position, chances are people making contact with us are making contact with us because they want something from us. Whether they want us to listen, they want us to do, they want us to remove obstacles, they want to gripe, whatever it might be. And because not just men, but definitely men in leadership positions tend to have an extra extra measure of tenacity. And especially in today's world, it's not the easiest to do leadership things just because of the nature of uh, sort of some shifts in culture. And it is more of a struggle to do the things that we could formerly do several years back. To try to do them now requires two or three times as much work. So I just wanted to send this out as a general reminder. If you are a man and you're in a leadership position, be aware that your own tenacity can be used against you. And what, what can happen is, and, and the reason this is so timely for me is because I noticed it creeping into myself. And I live, just the nature of my job as a project manager, my phone rings nonstop. I get constant texts, constant emails. And every single one of those is not somebody offering something, it's somebody wanting something. And as I drive around through the neighborhoods that I build, if I stop moving for 30 seconds, somebody will be walking up to my pickup whether it is a property owner or a business owner or one of my guys, somebody is walking up because they want something from me. It's a nonstop vortex into which people expect you to pour with unlimited amounts of energy, unlimited amounts of availability. And if you ever put your foot down and you say, I'm not available or I don't have the energy or I'm occupied right now or I, I can't deal with this right now, they get butt hurt. Their feelings get hurt because their perception is that you exist to meet their needs. You are always available. You always have energy. It really comes down to just an issue of boundaries. And and leaders, from other people's perspective, there's no need for boundaries. It's why you find people in leadership positions. They tend to burn out. Like they just, they go with tenacity they keep pouring extra measures of tenacity to it. it they they it begins a it begins a drain. In that drain, they will run it beyond like there's red line at the top. I don't know what you call it. A lot of leaders will allow things to go until they're they're so drained that there's no energy left in their bones. 
I'm just as bad about doing this. And it comes down to boundaries. And, and when I let those boundaries get blurred and I don't correct people and, and, and reestablish those boundaries, usually because it, it consumes so much time to keep doing it that, you know, people respect those boundaries for a very short period. You know, it may be just minutes and then they're right back to their needs and how leadership exists to meet their needs, whether they're urgent or absolutely minuscule, inconsequential, or something that they could do themselves very easily with a minor amount of effort, but they would much rather try to hand the baton to the leader and say, I want you to do this for me. That depletion, I, I just want to urge you, like as leaders, to remind you in a leadership position, don't forget to reset your boundaries and do not let yourself get drained to the point where you are basically beyond empty. You, you could say you're running on fumes, but those ran out a while back. Because at that point, you're of no service as a leader. And there's nothing wrong with reestablishing boundaries. And yes, it's going to hurt people's feelings. Even if you do it in a very kind way, uh, people still get their feelings hurt because that means that they perceive that you see their needs as invalid. And it doesn't matter. They don't, they don't bother to think that maybe they're one of a thousand people that are peppering you with their needs and basically henpecking the crap out of you until there's nothing left. And it's kind of like throwing, if you've ever thrown watermelon to a group of chickens, which if you haven't, it's pretty funny, you know, and they will keep pecking at, at a watermelon until there's just a very thin paper of the outside rind left. And it doesn't take them long to do it. And that's that rem, that piece of watermelon reminds me of sort of the of how leaders get treated and is seems to be in the last several years that has become become progressively worse to where it's just like a bunch of chickens that just pounce on the watermelon and there's it, it doesn't take long and that piece of watermelon is depleted except for this really thin skin with no substance to it. I do see that in a lot of men's eyes who are in leadership positions and it 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 can kind of make you neurotic. So in, and it, it manifests in different ways, but a lot of times it comes down to avoidance because you're so desperate for a little bit of solitude that even to get 30 seconds or a minute of solitude without somebody henpecking you about something that they need, that in reality, most of the time they could do themselves or solve themselves with just a touch of effort, but they don't want to expend that effort because... That's just sort of what we've become to a large extent as a people. And they don't want to take notes. They don't want to invest the time necessary maybe to write something down, to read a text, to read an email, to remember and respect your time. Maybe when you answered this for them previously, they want to just keep asking again. They have no obligation to remember it or put any effort forth to think it out themselves maybe to contemplate it for a while, perhaps go get some solitude for themselves and think about it before they go to others and ask for their help so that they don't have to expend any effort. But just be aware of that in your leadership position. And I know that you know what it's like to be henpecked, but be aware constantly, be diligent in paying attention to the drain that it is making into your soul because that can become quickly toxic to your family, to your personal life, to your relationships outside of work, uh, maybe the relationships outside of your personal life. It just depends on where that handpicking is taking place. But it doesn't do anybody any good if you believe that you're just getting drained beyond empty 
is somehow of service to other people. It's not. What makes a good leader is a charged up leader whose cup feels fairly full and he's operating at his best. And there's nothing in this culture, for the most part, that is going to encourage you to keep that cup full until you draw the line and either, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times it results in something drastic, like a person quitting, a leadership person, you know, saying, all right, I've had it, I'm done. Either I'm going to go away for a month or I'm going to just disappear. I'm going to throw my phone 500 feet from here or I'm going to throw it out on the highway. I'm going to quit the job. I'm going to go to something that is absolutely mundane and monotonous and very simple. And I'm just going to do that. And I'm just going to withdraw or become bitter. And those are something. And I have to guard myself from becoming all of those things constantly. And I can feel the bitterness kind of creep up in me quite regularly because I don't reestablish those boundaries. And because I know that it's going to be a confrontation when I do, because people are offended, because suddenly the universe is spinning around them. And and I can say that's accurate of uh, 90% of the people that come to me. The universe spins around them. And as if somehow my batteries are powered by meeting their needs. And they don't realize that that a leader pouring out into them often takes away energy. And so they just see it as unlimited. They don't they don't count the cost that it takes to people that they ask things of. I mean, of course, the worst example that would be a narcissistic person who just feels entitled to basically use everybody around them like a battery and then uh, discard them which there's no shortage of that in today's culture. So if you are in a leadership position, please guard yourself with how depleted you allow yourself to become. And don't be afraid to reestablish those boundaries of when you're available. There's an old phrase that I'm present but not available. I use that phrase a lot. And I caution people in advance as as I build their house and I finish their house. I, I always tell them, you will see me. I will be present all the time but I am not available. And I need you to make that distinction because just because you see me doesn't mean that you need to come out and come up with something that occupies my time and my energy and needs. There are avenues that are established for you to do that. But just because you see me, which is weird as a leader, you can ask about any pastor this. If if somebody sees a pastor, it's hard for a pastor to be just, uh, let's say it's Pastor Bob. It's hard for Pastor Bob to just be Bob. Um, And especially as the longer they're a pastor, the more people think that they, you know, like a pastor lives for nothing but a deep theological discussion or debate and that they truly exist only to hear other people's needs and they don't have their own needs. And that's why you see so many pastors that burn out and they get so deeply drained that it may take years for them to recover from that. And it does start to impact, like pain, it does start to impact a person's outlook and personality in life. And that's not healthy. So if you're a leader, don't forget to reset those boundaries. Push them back and reestablish those boundaries so that you don't burn out. Because especially these days, if you're in a leadership position, your job is tough. And I don't care what you do. It's, it's like pulling teeth to do much of anything in a leadership position these days because you wind up carrying uh, so much on your shoulders that other people are willing to let fall by the wayside, but because you are there and if you care 
about the outcome of what is taking place, you will, by nature, because of your tenacity, pick up that weight that somebody dropped on the path, you'll throw it over onto your backpack, and you'll carry it. And maybe not all the time, sometimes you can just say no, but a lot of times your natural tendency is going to be to pick up that weight and add that rock, that weight, to your backpack. That does take a toll on your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. I'm going to leave it at that. I just wanted to put that out because I'm watching it take place in myself. And as I've said in a previous episode, I am working to change some of those things so that I'm not constantly managing that, that the need is growing so big, the needs, and I'm, I put that in air quotes. They are impatient air quote needs born out of absolute impatience and an unwillingness for a lot of people to think about their own issues to think about their own situations and figure out a, a, at least a rudimentary idea of a way out. And then approach a leader maybe and say, hey, look, this is kind of what I've come up with. What do you think? Uh, this is what I've come As I thought about this, I've been chewing on this. This seems like it could possibly be a good, a, a good path to get out of this or a roadmap in front of me or a plan. Um, and then you take that to a leader that's more encouraging to a leader because they say, okay, this is somebody that's willing. They're serious about what they're doing. Like they really do. They, they want to change things enough that they're willing to put forth the effort before approaching me to alter the course that things are going on. But in today's world, I know, and if you're in a leadership position, you know, those people are farther and farther between. And so we need to be really cognizant of the drain that is taking place in us so that we protect our families, our marriages, um, our relationships, and the things that we personally, that make us who we are. Because we don't want to have that drain that takes place and then suddenly we're not who we are. Then we're not good at being a leader. We're not happy. Uh, We are souring our marriages. We are growing numb to our children. And we're just not there. We're, We're present but unavailable in our personal life. And so... That is that. I will catch you on the next one.